Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fanti, the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. I'm America's fucking sweetheart and children's television icon, Jared Hill. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm Travell Anderson, entertainment journalist, editor, all of the things. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Coming up on the show today, we are, you saw the the little title for the episode. We're talking about online dating, okay? Jared mm. wanted to tell y'all all of his business, and so we're going to no, no, get no, no, into no. it. That is, that is not what we're doing here. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. But first, for this week's Pass the Popcorn, we want to talk about a new show on HBO Max called Love Life, all right? We wanted to stay in theme of this episode, and this show, it's, it's about dating. Um, it's called, again, HBO Max's Love Life. It's an anthology series that follows a different person each season from their first romance until their last romance. I'm not sure if by last romance they mean they die or they get married or, you know, they're in some sort of committed relationship moment, but... That's what the log line says, okay? This season, which is the second season, it focuses on a character played by William Jackson Harper. So all of the press has focused on how it's about Black love. So we wanted to offer our thoughts after watching the first episode last night. But Yes, Travelle... we do want to talk about us watching <laughs> the episode last night. I cannot wait for your analysis. Well, sis. Travel Anderson did not watch the show because I did not want shit. to. Well, oh. that too. You know, two things can be right, okay? <laughs> uh, but you watched it, so give us your thoughts, your feelings. Is it giving you what you need? Well, I'm actually intrigued. You were saying that all of the press around the show has been that it's about Black love. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's what I feel like I keep seeing in like the headlines about the show from like the trade publications. So if we were to do like a mini fan tie on this show, um, the 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 fan doesn't really have a lot to do with black love for me with this show um and it's actually kind of in the anti portion i will say the thing that i like about this show when it's beautifully shot i actually am enjoying william as the character and all those kinds of things a small thing that shows always do wrong that i love on this show is that they do texting right which sounds crazy, but like I always hate when you're watching a film or a television show and you see someone texting and they show the phone and there's no text message history above what they said. Like this is the first mm-hmm. time you're ever texting that person. I always think it's really te- terrible character development stuff, but they do that really well on the show. Um, what I'm challenged by on this show, though, okay. is the black love, right? Because uh-huh. it, in the first episode, uh, I mean, it's not a spoiler. He's married to a white woman and he meets Jessica Williams' oh. character. Um, and that is a spoiler. Course, I didn't know Jessica Williams was in it. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> uh, and so what's challenging for me about it is that, like, across the three episodes that I've seen so far... Every time he's been in a relationship with a Black woman, she has been majorly problematic for him, right? And so, like, in the... Again, this is a a bit of a spoiler from the first episode, but, like, he meets Jessica Williams' character. They start to, like, like each other, but they're both in other relationships. And his white wife finds out about the interactions he's been having with her via text message, talking about what it's like to not have a black wife and all of this different stuff. Right. And like, so they're both dating someone who's in a relationship and like, that's a problem. Then he's in a relation. He has like a situation with another black woman who is like, he sees as being beneath him because of like her station in life. She she's from where he grew up. He doesn't pay her attention. And like, I don't like the way that he's having interaction with black women on the show yet. It's episode three of what I'm guessing is 10, but it's it's challenging me already. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope and I imagine that that is purposeful, right? Like, I would imagine so. There's a trajectory that happens over 10 episodes. Hell, even if it's eight episodes, right? There's a trajectory and... So maybe maybe it gets better. Maybe he starts doing some internal work, you know, around well, a, his issues with Black women's is. It's a 10-episode season. There has been a conversation about him 
dating black women that he has on the show, which leads me to believe there is more to come. So I don't want to like, I'm not writing off the show and saying like, oh, this is some white bullshit. But I am saying um, that I'm concerned about, I'm I'm irritated to this point, but I'm going to continue watching. Um, So it's just, it's a little iffy for me. So Jared will come back and, you know, after the season is over and you will give your full review on the the full season once once you have everything in contact because it's also an anthology series. Right. So theoretically, there will be a button at the end, you know, as opposed to, you know, sometimes when it's like not anthology right it can right it can have a cliffhanger at the end so hopefully you'll be able to come back and give us you know a full um take about the show and maybe i will have watched it by then i was gonna say or maybe not be looking forward to your full take of the entire season after you haven't watched it um (laughs) we're gonna take a quick break we come back we're gonna get into online dating it's uh something that more of us are familiar with than we want to be but uh we'll get into what we love about it and what we hate that's coming up next This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We get our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. We get our annual checkups and go to the gym to maintain physical wellness sometimes. And it helps us prevent (laughs) injury and disease. Going to therapy is like all of the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Fanti listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Fanti. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash fanti whether you're shopping for mom dad teenagers in-laws or your best friends uncommon goods makes it easy to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone check out their selection of thousands of items today i recently purchased this really cute petite vase it's meant to be for you know those one-off flowers that you you know find that you steal off of, off of a neighbor's bush right or that lone dandelion wow. that you see in a field that you pick up so it's super small super petite so cute and i liked it because i thought it was unique and i wouldn't see it in other people's homes all right now who knows what holiday shopping will look like this season but the unique gifts at uncommon goods they sell out fast and they're unique so you know you need to go and hop on on that hop on on that now Gonna get you something special for that special someone. No matter what you're into, no matter what they're into, Uncommon Goods has the perfect gift. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Fanti. That's uncommongoods.com slash Fanti for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Welcome back to Fanti. Whether you're in a relationship, cuddling up to a human-shaped pillow, or otherwise, you know something about online dating. Not a human-shaped pillow, though. I'm sorry. I mean, listen, you know, I, everybody's doing <laughs> I what everybody refuse. gotta do. I refuse. From hinge to grinder, J-date to match, between the two of us, we've been on more than a dozen apps and websites over the years. J-date actually isn't one of those, because neither <laughs> one of us has been on J-date. I just want to be really clear about that. Um, we have, uh, you know, covered a lot of the bases. Dating online can be fun, entertaining, but also weird as fuck. So there are so many different things that are irksome and emotionally draining that we've got to dig into this discussion about online dating. So Travel, talk to me about like your introduction to and history with online dating. Um, okay. So I will also interject here that I wrote your Bumble profile, which I think we mentioned a couple of episodes ago. But I wrote a version of your Bumble profile. I haven't seen it lately, but... You wrote the version of the profile before my most recent relationship, right? Like, you didn't, you, you didn't do this one. And now I'm single again, so... 
Well, Fuck and it. I mean, ultimately, I helped you find love is what you're hearing, what I'm hearing, but it's fine. Oh, yes. You helped me find love, although I didn't find that individual on the apps. Interesting. I just want to be clear. I wrote your profile and then you were in a relationship is the, the time. Not as I'm a result. No, 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 I, no, no, no. But, but I either either you wrote my Bumble profile in a way that allowed me to not have success on the app. So the opportunity to meet that individual in person manifested. What I said is true and what you (laughs) said is true. Carry on. (laughs) Okay, so so I remember being on the apps, being on the sites, but never actually like doing anything, right? Like I remember Mm -hmm. being like on, on Adam for Adam back in the day or BGC, Back in the day, I was on Come them. Come on, Black Gay Chat. That is Listen. a throwback for that. <laughs> so I was on them, but I wasn't like partaking. And so the first okay. time I partook of anything was I was in college in Columbus, Georgia. And I was, you know, taking care of my mom's house there. And I said to myself, you know what? We're going to be adventurous. We're going to do something different because I'm just not that girl. I'm I'm not the hookup girl, okay? I'm just not. I just like that you were already using we, I'm guessing in the royal way, which was kind of the precursor to they, but go on. <laughs> I'm tired of me. It's fine. You are too. Um. So when I was, you know, taking care of the house, I was in Columbus, Georgia. I was like, nobody knows me in this city. I can, you know, have a little canoodling for doodling and, you know, ain't nobody gonna say nothing. So I invited this man over to the home and let's just say he was there for about 20 minutes before I had to get him up on out of there. Oh, she does quick work. No, 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 no. It wasn't even that. It just wasn't a, I, I, I was backing out. I was, you know, punking out as the girls say or whatever. And I was like, okay, you guys to go. Is you guys to go. So that was my first time, you know, doing anything. And I, I don't know if there's a difference between, I should say, like, a grinder or a jacked, which are, you know, for the most part, hookup apps, less so dating apps in my experience versus the tenders, the coffee meets bagels, etc. So I just wanted to put that out there. Wait, so then what has your relationship with it been since then? I mean, I've been on so many of the apps, uh, like a lot of them. I was in one relationship as a result of being on an app, meeting somebody on, I think that was Tinder. Um, but that lasted, you know, less than three months. So if we were doing a sports analogy here, I think my batting average would be very low. I'm not touching that. Did I do that right? I don't know what you were trying to do. <laughs> um, so I'm just not even going to address it. Um, I will say that we, between us, we have both been on three apps that the other one has not been on. And we have been on seven of the same apps or websites throughout our lives. Tender, Jacked, Hinge, Grinder, BGC, Scruff, and Adam for Adam. I've tried Raya, which I think people think is hot shit. Yes. Yeah. Use the influencer, honey. It is a it is a dumpster, let me tell you. I was like, this is so whack. Mind you, it was a year ago. Maybe it's better now. Um, my experience with online dating is actually the first boy that I ever dated we met online and like we weren't even like on one of these apps or websites I think we were on like Yahoo or some shit like that shut up don't say nothing crazy because I will come across not the message board I don't know if it was a message board but like we saw each other's profiles I think maybe um and he lived like over in the next city over I was 18 I think and like we met up somewhere Um, And it was the first time that I liked a guy and he liked me too. It was like soon after coming out or it was actually before I'd come out. And it was just like such a startling feeling for me. Like, oh my gosh, I like a guy and said guy likes me. Mind you, we ended up having one date and like we never really did anything again. I think we talked for another week or something. But we've been friends on social media for a number of years, even though we're not really close. But that's actually one of the interesting things to me about so many of uh, my interactions with folks online over the years is that it has oftentimes led to like, okay, well, we'll be friends, right? Um, And some of those people I'm actually still friends with and, you know, to Mm. varying degrees of closeness. But I feel like 
over the years, you know, I'm obviously so single, but the people that I've met on online dating sometimes have become friends. Sometimes they were just a hookup. And then sometimes you never see them again. And then you run into them at a party and you're like, why do I know you? Oh, my God. Which, sheesh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the history for me. I mean, I also I've been like catfished from dating online back in the day before catfishing was a thing, which we'll deal with that trauma a different day. Um, so that's actually <laughs> kind of like an ease into the fan piece for me, though. Like I have appreciated, even though it wasn't what I was looking for, that I've been able to kind of build community with folks um, because of the ways that I've met people, even if we weren't like a romantic connection. Um, so that's one of the things that I've appreciated about uh, online dating. What's the fan piece for you? I think with online dating, and I, I think this is going to be a controversial take, I feel like it's like a low stakes type of participation, right? Where like, you know, you got the app on your phone, you swipe left, you swipe right. It's something, it's like an, it can be such an innocuous activity that like you can literally incorporate into like, you know, you sitting on the toilet in the morning, get you a couple swipes in. You know, you you yeah. mi- you you mixing your your eggs for your breakfast. Get you a couple swipes, and you doing your little puff puff pass, or drinking you some water. You know, get you a couple swipes, and so it's like low stakes participation in a way that I think theoretically, like in theory, it has dividends or can have dividends on on the other end of that low stakes participation. I also think that like online dating in theory opens up the pool of people who get mm-hmm. to be potentially enamored by your wondrousness um, beyond just like the folks you see at the parties you frequent or the folks you see at, at work. Right. Like it theoretically, anybody who's on this app, who's within a what is it, 20, 30 mile radius. Right. They instantly become a potential partner. Um, And considering the ways in which like I always feel like people say, oh, I'm not I can't meet anybody because like I don't want to meet anybody I work with or I don't want to meet anybody in the industry or da 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 da. Right. Online dating theoretically opens up that pool, and I'm I'm able to chat with somebody who's in you know Inglewood, which is on the other side of this godforsaken earth, as well as somebody who lives down the street. You see, and I'm saying no, absolutely, and I think I mean I think that's like a plus and a minus for online dating, right? I think it's probably a part of the reason like people are less and less are staying in relationships less long, if that's appropriate terminology, because I feel like we have much more of a globalized kind of community with social media and, you know, dating apps and all of those different kinds of things. I think, I mean, technically dating apps are social media as well, but like, I think that we are aware of a lot more people existing than we ever were before social media happened. Right. Um, You talked about, you talked about like low stakes participation. I think about it similarly as entertainment right like tinder was probably the most like fun i've had as far as like the way you engage an app not necessarily about my interactions with people but like swiping left and right you know it's kind of fun like oh mm-mm. oh okay <laughs> yeah you get ta- you get caught a tunnel real quick though if you got hands like mine god damn it you were the oldest bitch i've ever met in my life <laughs> and my grandparents are alive okay like i i find it entertaining in a way that feels semi-productive but not really right like mm-hmm. and i think semi is is, is even overstating it And I don't know if this is a fan or, like, this wouldn't be, like, a dishonorable mention or an honorable mention. It'd just be, like, a mention. But I am fascinated by the way that social media has become such an important supplement to online dating. Mm. And either you meet someone on an app. You mean all the people whose profiles say, I don't use this app for real, follow me on Instagram, or here's my Snapchat? That's not exactly what I mean, but also (laughs) that, too. But, like, the way that, like, you will meet someone on a social media, on a a dating app, but then, like, immediately you're like, hmm, I wonder what this Instagram is talking about, right? Or you try (laughs) to find them on Facebook or something. Um, you, You and I have had a conversation here at the house when... I had brunch here a couple of weeks ago with two friends of ours and we were talking about like when you meet someone, do you immediately research them? And like you and I, as people who have a level of visibility and are able to be found online, like we had, I think you and I were the ones that had the different perspective on this, but I always 
I feel like I don't want someone to Google me and like form an opinion of me based upon my Google results because they are robust. But also like as a journalist, if I were to meet a guy online and start dating him and then he turned out to be an axe murderer, the first thing that people would say was, you mean to tell me this dumbass journalist didn't even do a simple Google search to find out if this bitch was killing people? Like, you know what I mean? So then it's a catch-22, right? Like, what are, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go look at the Instagram, maybe, to make sure that they're at least legit. Yeah, I don't feel that way. I'm the type where I don't do research until, like, after, like, meeting two or three. And by research, I mean I want to talk to people that you know that I might know. Right. So like in my previous relationship, after after I say a few months of us talking, getting to know each other, et cetera, I I knew that he knew someone that I went to school with. And so I called her up and I was like, hey, sis, uh, what's the deal with homie? Right. And that that was my that was the extent of my research Um, because I yeah, I don't. I don't know, but I, I like I'm I'm the type of person I want to your the profile that you put on your on your which call it if your social media is not you know uh, attached to it or not not connected to it I I want to absorb what you're putting out um, I'm not interested I don't want to you know form an opinion based off of something I see on social media because I know in my experience you form an opinion based off of what you see on social media you're gonna be a little bit of surprise when I show up in person and give you all of this you know that just can't be captured on Instagram Wow. I want to be clear, like, I also do not believe in researching people. Like, I might want to see your Instagram feed to see what you're giving. But, like, if I Google someone, I'm not, like, reading every result. I'm more so, like, making you don't sure none of the it. results are it's scary. Okay. No, no, no. I have no shame in this situation. Not making sure the, so, the results aren't scary. Child. I just want to make sure the results don't come back with scam artists. You want to make sure you don't you know, have a Kenneth Patty on your hands. Listen, I don't want a stunt queen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like looking at what the headlines say. We're not digging into all of that. Because again, I don't want someone doing that to me. So, so admittedly, Um, our fan part is, it seems kind of light. So that must mean that the anti is a little more weighty. Okay. I feel like we gave like a robust perspective for the fan this time. (laughs) But let's get into the bullshit. (laughs) So I remember the first time I really started like thinking about online dating as like, a utility and like and like the way that it works. I was on Match when I first moved to LA, uh, Match.com, and they had an app. And one of the things that I started to find really interesting was that Match.com would allow you to choose the ethnicities or races of the people that you were interested in, and it would list them on your profile. And there were like nine different choices, one of which was other, right? Not and other I was Jesus. intrigued. Right. I was intrigued by how many people's profiles would have white, Asian, Latino, Hispanic, South Asian, da, 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 but like not black. And they would have other, right? Like you were like, I'll take that wild card shit that I can't even come up with, but don't bring me a nigga. Like <laughs> that was interesting to me, right? Well. And so my journalist brain, like I started like over the course of like however long, I started like doing a spreadsheet to like see what the the data would show and like the the bottom two things that people would choose other was not one of the bottom it was black and be- beneath that was south asian and i thought thought it was such an interesting like analysis of the way that race plays on on online dating apps over the course of a hundred profiles that I looked at. Well, it's interesting because like, you know, your, your deeply unscientific study. Deeply um, unscientific. (laughs) (laughs) But it mirrors, if I'm not mistaken, it mirrors like broader research that's been done about like, just like overall desirability online of like who's most desirable, who's least desirable. Right. And like, I think that there are some similarities based on, on your, you know, unscientific approach and like legitimate studies that like look at this. Right. Because what we know based on our experience, right. Alone is that, you know, we do get a lot of that. We as black folks, right. Get a lot of the, that type of exclusion, I think historically. Now I will say, I do think that like a lot of the apps no longer do 
race-based preferences, right? In the way that you were describing, you know, Match used to do. Now, a lot of the apps, it's it's written in their profile, right? It'll say no fats, no femmes, no blacks, no Asians, no no spicy, no spice I've I've seen before. All these other ways, but like the no individual spice? Yes, no no Latin, no they don't want Latinx folks. Oh. Spice, you know, like like jalapeno. Um, okay. <laughs> what? That's them, not me, honey. Okay. No, I just think you're being racist. It's fine. Wow. No, <laughs> I just that's what I heard. I don't know. That's what I'm. Whatever. Saying. But my point is that like some of the apps have shifted, but the the way the community operates has not. Right. And so like we've seen some of these these apps try to do things to like root out white supremacy, racism, other forms of like violence. Um, but like the community is still kind of, you know, icky in that particular way. I remember the data coming out a number of years ago, and I believe it said that Asian men and black women were the two least desirable groups on online dating. Right. Right. Um, because of the ways that we have like hypersexualized um black women and like really desexualized Asian men. Um, and, and like we have some information here that says, uh, according to uh, one piece of research, 80% of black men, 79% of Asian men and 75% of South Asian men have experienced racism on the gay scene when we're thinking about how, what it's like to be gay. And one of the things that I think that I was, I was thinking about um, as far as how the anti of this works for me is there is an interesting way that race intersects within the interactions that you have with folks. But like, I've heard this from black people all the time, whether they're gay or straight, that when you deny a white man or tell him that you're not interested, my experience has been there is a much increased likelihood of like getting some kind of like angry or violent response back. And like, yeah. I know that there have been instances when I've told a white man that, because I, I try to say to someone like, oh, I don't think we're really a match or whatever. And like, that is the quickest way to become some ugly nigger, right? Some, you know, whatever kind of racist term that they can throw out. And monkey. I always think to myself like, you monkey nigger, you gorilla bitch, you, you know, whatever they want to call you. Not gorilla um, bitch. You African booty scratcher. No one's called me an African booty scratcher. Not on online <laughs> dating, at least. Um, shout out to ele- elementary school trauma, but like I, <laughs> but uh, but like I have seen that happen, and my my curiosity is always like, do you think that's going to make me want you more? Like I don't get why that response. Like, oh, you ugly nigger, and I'm like, actually, you've turned me on. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? Anyway, when we're Jedi thinking about like the inter the interracialness of that, that's annoying to me. I hate when people's profiles are all about what they don't want, right? Don't come in here with no this. I'm not looking for that. Um, And why do y'all do X, Y, and Z? Because it just comes off as like angry. Hmm. It's very unappealing for me to read on someone's profile so much about what they don't want. It's okay to include something, but like if the majority of your profile is talking to me about what you don't want or what you're not interested in, it's a problem. Well, okay, but so, but how much of that is about the, about like the ecosystem, I guess, of online dating and how much of that is just about like people being, you know, assholes, right? Because like, it, it strikes me as different that, you know, for the folks who are just being assholes, like I, that is not what colors my experience on on online dating, right? Because the assholes are everywhere, right? Now, in person, the asshole wouldn't look, they likely wouldn't look at me twice, right? I guess perhaps I can see how it is like a red flag on online. But for me, my issues with online dating, like it feels like the only option of of like how to date and find people today is online in some way shape or form that's what it seems like i don't know if that's well, actually that's the you case. don't leave the house um well but. there is that there is that and i, mean, I recognize same. that but it can also make you feel like shit i feel like when people don't respond like if online dating is your only outlet or you feel like it's the only outlet for whatever reason right 
like maybe you don't want to meet people at the your work related events that you're going to maybe you want somebody who's in a different industry completely than you or maybe you're like you and I Jared where you do go out but like you seeing you seeing people that like their 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 friends their colleagues their peers and either you don't see them in a romantic sexual way or they don't see you in a romantic sexual way right so then the only other option is online dating. And you've already detailed the cesspool that online dating can be. And so part of it is just like, why am I here? Why am I swiping when I know the food? And then for me as a non-binary person, the experience that I've had on these apps has been a mess. Because one, a lot of people just don't want to quote unquote deal with all of that, right? They got some unworked through stuff that they still need to grapple with. And I don't want them coming here and bringing it on to me. But for the people that I do match with, uh, this is another anti. The motherfuckers don't want to communicate. Oh, they don't yeah. want to chat. Yeah. They don't they don't know how to carry a conversation. And and then on the other hand, maybe I know how to carry on a conversation too well. Okay? Asking too many fucking questions. Well, no, that's <laughs> actually that's actually a really good point. So like Tinder, first of all, Tinder is a really terrible app for messaging just like in general when I was on it, I always thought like the messaging on the app was just really terrible. But like for a long time, I would tell myself that oh, we had a really great conversation. Right. And so like that must mean something. But then I had to appreciate like I could have a conversation with a rock if I needed to. It's literally my job to be able to talk. And like I did not have a respect for the distinction between like I've carried this conversation for the last two hours of this dinner or we had like a natural conversation and I was really interested in what you had to say. Well, see, and the gag is that's your privilege jumping out. You don't even know it because you get to the conversation stage, right? You get you get to a point where you can say, "Oh, this conversation was cute," or whatever, or or what? I, I can't even, baby. I can't. E- I I can't. I can't even get there, honey. Oh, okay. And the last time I was having a conversation with someone. The way it ended was him basically talking about how the only reason why he matched with me because he was jealous of my comfort level with who I am. And so he wanted to tell me about how my visibility is like something that he quote unquote appreciates. Girl, I am not here for your appreciation. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's not what I'm here for. Hey, 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 look at me. Look at me. Okay. I'm just saying. Put your okay. hand right here, sugar. Just put your hand. Come on. I'm, and then we also need to talk about the ways in which how the real ways that you can like legitimately engage with these apps, I think in a way where like perhaps you actually get something from it, is like you got to pay for it. <laughs> Laura just said in the group in the chat that it's that she's hearing that I say I'm saying that I need Jared's help. And I don't know if that is what I am mm-hmm. saying. Actually, you know what, Jared? You got a lot of fine friends. You want to set me up? I want to be clear. To Laura's <laughs> point, I want to revisit the data from the top of the episode. <laughs> the last time I wrote your profile, you were in a relation soon there in a relationship soon thereafter. All yeah. I'm saying. And, and a relationship that ended in fire. So Okay, first of all, there was no fire. <laughs> Number two. I'm being dramatic. I'm being dramatic. For... That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Right. That was a joke. <laughs> right. You were in a relationship for well over a year. Right? It was a great relationship. Like, I loved that relationship. It taught me a lot about myself and and everything. Right. It was a great so, relationship. So again, I was very helpful in this situation. The lies, the lies, the lies. Where's Um, Candy Burris where you need her? Oh, shut up. Um, (laughs) I also, I feel like one of the things I don't like on a guy's profile is when his pet is a bigger part of his personality than him. Oh my God. Like, when you're swiping through people's profiles, it's like, you have six photos, five of them include your dog. I'm concerned. You know, people like the animals. I'm not a huge pets person, but I like other people's pets sometimes, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But like, but if your pet is like the marquee element of your personality, swipe left. Like I can't. So let me ask you this: you, we, we both have been on a lot of apps, 
Um, and by being on a lot of apps, you know, that that can run the range in terms of like what the actual activity and experience was on those apps. Which app was your favorite? Um, I think that Hinge has been my favorite app. I'm on Hinge right now. Um, I like the way that Hinge operates um, mm-hmm. and it's it feels more thoughtful. I will say that Hinge now has like a special feature where they star at the bottom. They have like like specially selected people for you um and if you pay enough money you can like send a direct thing to them but i'm like really what this has highlighted for me is y'all do know who i'm interested in you're just not putting them in the free side you're putting them in the thing that i have to pay for so now i'm irritated with your algorithm because i feel like you're playing me so here's the thing. I don't mind paying for the apps. Actually, I do pay for the apps because of how trash of an experience it is for me being on these these spaces. And it's because I want to know who's interested, who swiped right on me. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. Like, I believe in paying for the apps as well. But, like, you have to pay an additional amount oh, for this oh, part. And it's oh. like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. I have to pay for a rose to send this. Like, come on. What is this? The bachelor? Like... Um, I, I hate that. But I mean, I think Tinder is actually really good every couple of months to pay for a month to see all of the people who have like swiped in one direction or the other. I think that can actually be helpful. Now, mind you, they're normally like crazies and weirdos, but it is what it is. Not crazies and weirdos, Jesus. I did want to read out a, a quick little little statistic that Lorraine had pulled. Um, a recent study found that 12% of couples who meet online get divorced within the first three years of marriage, compared to only 2% of couples who meet through friends or family. After seven years, those statistics increased to 17 and 10%, respectively. This comes from the Marriage Foundation, and it was compiled by polling company Savanticom Res, both of which are based in the UK. Um, and I don't know exactly what that is telling us about whatever goals and desires that we might have um, on these apps. But I will note, I will just note one of my closest friends found her husband like she met her husband off of the craigslist and they are living happily Mm. ever after and so this was i mean this was you know a number of years ago when you know craigslist personal ads was still a thing you know they i don't think they do that anymore we didn't even list that on our list of like apps and sites because i remember back in the day being on craigslist oh no i didn't do craigslist because that was definitely a location for the zanies and the fools shout out to whitney houston i just want to say back in my 20s i was dipping it and doing it on craigslist well slurp slurp how you do it okay but i did want to note that that you know despite us kind of you know having i think an overall negative experience as it relates to the apps there are plenty of people right who find what they're looking for on the apps, right? Who 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 meet people and have live happily ever after and don't have, you know, no kind of issues or concerns. So shout out to y'all. Uh if you actually those of you who are out there, let us know what your experiences have been on 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 the apps. Um and when you tell us, let us know if you are of the heterosexual persuasion or if you are living in God's, you know, grace as a member of the LGBTQ community. That going, I think it's a great place for us to wrap up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we want to know what y'all think. Let us know uh, on social media using the hashtag FantiFam. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Fanti Podcast. Coming up, why y'all hate us so much. We're not internalizing that. And listener feedback and our dishonorable <laughs> mentions. Fantai's coming back in a moment. Hey, kid, your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So, yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on Maximum Fun. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) Doctor Who? Yeah. 
Hey folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these wild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. That's how you get Joel Schumacher putting nipples on Batman. Yeah. I didn't ask, like, and I say no. this as a game. I say this as a gay man, didn't ask for it. I don't need to see <laughs> Batman's nipples on his suit. Who is this for? Who is this for? I did a bunch of research. I wanted to just know about the history of black people in Argentina. So. Not only did they erase black people from their history, they also started to flip and use it as slurs. We're not done. Like, we're not done with the work that needs to yeah. be done. And so stay awake. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together we're the majority. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. We're going to get into our listener feedback. We've got an email here from Jennifer. Jennifer says, I loved your show today. Just two things. First, a few weeks ago, a friend of mine was telling me about his new condo, and it has a parking spot outside. I replied when I moved to my condo a few years ago, I had to park in a garage. He said... I was being bougie. I said, don't I deserve to be bougie? I deserve the best. It's just not in the budget. I wanted to read that out because I know we're going to do an episode about the bouge, as Jared calls it. And so we're going to get to that point and explore that, Jennifer, in a couple weeks. And then the second part of Jennifer's question was, I have a question about personal pronouns. Could mine be your royal highness? Or is that more of a title? I do have a couple tiaras. (laughs) I do have a couple tiaras. Okay, the costume jewelry kind. Oh, and then they say, by the way, last July, they had to start treatment for chronic lymphocytic leukemia. On their last infusion in December, they wore their tiara. I ended treatment in September and am in remission, hopefully for a long time. Your friend in Denver, Jennifer. Um, So shout out to you, Jennifer. Jennifer. I hope you remain in remission as well. In terms of personal pronouns and whether or not yours could be be your royal highness. Um, hmm. <laughs> should I treat it as a joke? You think I should treat it as a joke? I mean, I'm taking it as a joke, but like this whole episode is about online dating and like on Grinder, people can change their pronouns to whatever they want them to be. And, uh-huh. you know, people will be like, you know, my pronoun is ice cream man or my pronoun is daddy or my pronoun is whatever. And so I'm like, I do think that people have kind of started taking pronouns and making them whatever they want them to be. And I don't know how the, how to process that when it's an actual question. So I just imagine that it's a joke, which might be problematic of me. You said it, not me. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Pronouns are a deeply personal thing for an individual that can be connected to, you know, their relationship to just how they show up and move through the world. And, I want everyone to keep that in mind when we're discussing personal pronouns. And so if you have a an honorific or some pronouns that are deeply connected to your personhood in the way that pronouns are deeply connected to the personhood of trans people, then go for it. But if you're doing it just just because you feel like you can, just because you feel like trans people's use of 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 their pronouns and non-binary pronouns and gender neutral pronouns to be specific, you do that you do it because you feel like that gives you license to quote unquote have fun. Ooh, this is taking a dark turn. Then I would refrain from from doing so because it ends up trivializing the the experience of pronouns for those of us who it's it's deeply important for, and so mm-hmm. I hope I hope something there is 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 useful there. So mm-hmm. if you if you meant it as a joke, hee hee ha ha ha, but if you didn't mean it as a joke and you were serious, I would just encourage you to think a little bit, just to make sure that it's not something that is meant to be kind of a joke or you know a a fucking topic point at you know a party well that uh got a little heavier than we thought it might this is now time for a dishonorable mention 
Uh, dishonorable mentions are the stories of people that caught our attention this week that deserve either a call out or for their good or their stupid. Um, do you want to start? Yes, I just have one honorable mention today, and it's a shout out to Tarana Burke and her book. I think it's called Unbound. It was the latest book that I've been listening to via the audiobook app. It is the latest book that I've been listening to. And baby, when I tell you I was driving yesterday on my or Sunday on my way back home from the airport, and I was listening to Toronto like read out her story. Baby, I got goosebumps, honey. You don't get goosebumps when you're just reading that motherfucker on the page, honey. Okay? I'm just saying, baby. When I tell you I almost had to pull her over, because I was like, baby, you know, it was it was it was a deeply transformative experience in terms of my experience reading so yes this is me for the second and or third time you know shouting out audiobooks because my god have mercy on me kelly prenny might say you know what we call that growth growth (laughs) (laughs) um no i would say Travel, I think it, for like a new audiobook person and knowing you specifically, I really think the next book you should do should be Jennifer Lewis's Mother of Black Hollywood. I know you've already read the book, but like yes. listening to her tell these stories in her cadence and voice and tone and like delivery, it's one of the best audiobook performances I've ever heard. Yeah, I need to check that out. I'm going to buy that next. And then I also just wanted to say, I actually meant to say this up earlier in the Fanti, but I'm just going to say it now. You know, you know how people be talking about like, you know, how the DMs be hot, you know, and how like Instagram or Twitter DMs has become, you know, another way of like expressing interest and, you know, starting oh, the, the the beginning stages. If anybody wants to slide up in my DMs, I, I welcome it, you know, because ain't, ain't nobody in my D to the M to the S's, okay? Listen, All right, so if you, if you want to, you know, slide on through, I, I this is me welcoming it. Okay. Oh, okay. Respectfully, though, because I'm a lady. All right, and you you will treat oh, me the as devil such. Is a lie. If if anybody is hearing that call out on this show, they they know that that is a lie. <laughs> um, I want to give a couple of shout outs. Um, all of mine are music related this week. My first one goes out to an artist that I'm just discovering, even though I've heard their music before. I believe her name is pronounced Lakeley. L-E-I-K-E-L-I 47. So it's Lakeley 47. That's the young child who wears the mask, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I'm looking at a photo of them. Yes, they're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, there's a lot of masks happening here, actually. It's L-E-I-K-E-L-I 47. This album, Wash and Set, from 2017 has been getting me together. Right, like I live for that. There's a newer album called Acrylic, which I also love. But check out Lakeley Forty Seven. Um, Wash and Set is the album that I'm I've been playing all weekend. I've sent this to Travel. You were getting ready to do some travel last week, and I was like, you need to listen to this track. It's a gospel album called. It's an EP from Fred Hammond, who is a gospel icon. Fred Hammond's uh, EP is called Sunday Morning Fred. But there is a track that is a medley of like different songs for our gospel fans. Let me tell you, she gets me right on together and I appreciate Baby. it. Baby. The, uh, the song, the album is called Sunday Morning Fred and the song is called Way Back When, Medley. Um, it's just like a bunch of different gospel songs over, over the course of history that Fred is paying homage to. Love it. It's fantastic. Last thing I'm going to say uh, in, as far as like uh, recommendations for music, there's a Black queer artist named Seven Deep. It's spelled S-E-V-N-D-E-E-D. Yes. What you know about Seven Deep? Let me just say, um, without How saying you too it? much, the album is great for certain <laughs> nights of the week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, certain nights of the week. Or, or you know what? Even on weeks, nights of the week that are not certain, but you want to oh, make them God. certain. Anyway, Good. check out Seven Deep. My three artists are Lakaley. I can't believe I went from Fred Hammond to Seven Deep. Wow, that's yeah. deep. All right, it's time for Black History is happening every day. 
So Black History ha is Happening Every Day is going to go to a young man who dressed up as State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta for Halloween. Malcolm Kenyatta has been a friend of mine for a number of years, and he is a state representative in Philadelphia in the Pennsylvania State House and is running for uh, U.S. Senate right now. You may have seen him on making some appearances on MSNBC. He was also one of the, he was the Black queer man who was there with his partner at the DNC this past year. His name is Malcolm Kenyatta. And like Malcolm's husband, Matthew, Dr. Matthew Jordan Miller sh shared this photo of them being tagged in a post where a little boy dressed up as Malcolm for Halloween. It's the cutest. I'm going to include the link into our show notes here so you can check it out. I loved that. And it was my favorite moment for Black History. It's happening every day. How cute. Shout out to all the costumes. I was, um, I was mixed incredible. So shout out! I thought to it was me really too. good. I didn't know you were going to do that. It was a good costume. Thank you. I was a tired nigga laying on his couch, and I did that here. So <laughs> before we go, I want to let y'all know that uh, you can check out my fantastic interview with Tamron Hall on the latest episode of Bullseye. Not you calling your own interview fantastic. Uh, it was. It was really fantastic. And my next Bullseye interview is even better. So be ready for that. We'll talk about that when it comes. But Tamron Hall in a in an interview where for the first time she talks about the Megyn Kelly uh, dismissal, the Megyn Kelly acquisition over at NBC that ended up in Tamron's dismissal, what that felt like. She's got a brand new book that she's written um, that is a, not her first novel in a series that is based on a character that she created out of her own career. She talks about being a Black woman in media and the ways that that shows up really, really interestingly. So go check out the latest episode. Well, not it's a recent episode of Bullseye that came out last Friday with me and Tamron Hall, wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. Before we go, if this conversation piqued your interest and you want more of this, good, good. Check out other episodes that have a related conversation. A recent episode we did with Ryan Mitchell is called Black Queer Invisible. It's episode number 80. It's a discussion about being Black Queer Invisible. And we actually have quite a bit of conversation about dating and dating online and all of those things. So make sure to check that out. We thank you so much for listening. We ask that if you're on Apple Podcasts, you give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking about the show, how much you love it, why you don't enjoy Travel. If you have a comment or suggestion wow. about this week's show, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Fanti Podcast. Use the hashtag Fanti Fam. Or always, you can email us at Fanti at MaximumFun.org. If you want to become a financially contributing member of the Fanti Fam, you can join at MaximumFun.org slash join. Our music is brought to you, as always, by the one and only Core Reese. That's C-O-R dot E-C-E. Wherever you get slave-worthy audio, make sure you follow him now and get all that because he got some new music he dropping before the end of the year so keep your eyeballs and your earballs tuned okay and our graphics are brought to you as always by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moonhouse Creative our producers are Laura Swisher <laughs> and Lorraine Wynn <laughs> Sorry, that was a little delayed. Yes. I was I was caught off guard. Go ahead. I was gonna say, geez Louise, is a production of Maximum Fun. We'll see you next time. <laughs>